Today is Monday, November 20th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we begin by some atheist inconsistencies and different arguments in different categories and why that matters. Uh, Let's see, then we talk about the American Library Association being the source of all trouble in the library system in America. Well, 90%. Then, why uh, I was going to ask Steph if she's just a KJV onlyist now, but apparently the question is, are you an atheist saboteur uh, closeting as a Christian? Uh, I, I don't believe that. We give her a hard time. But people do believe that and are saying that, so we talk about that for a bit. Um, and how you can be make it indisputable where you stand and why you should, and that's why someone should be, uh, you know, you should be transparent, not uh, not cryptic or anything like that, which she's not. People are just ridiculous. But generally, let your light shine. Uh, anyways. Know what you believe, why you believe it, and be proud about it. Um, Let's see. (laughs) Should women vote? (laughs) Well, just listen. (laughs) Um, Bin Laden's note to America and how, you know, people complaining about genocide 4,000 years ago in the Bible. They're like, oh, your God killed lots of babies and little babies. Like, genocide, they wiped out whole people. While they seem to be totally cool with, like, you know, genociding the Jews from the river to the sea and supporting Palestine and freaking Hamas and Bin Laden's letter to America about 911 justification. So it's like, dude, do you see how you're crying about genocide in the Bible and now you're supporting it here? It's like... Your hypocrisy knows no bounds. Anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about those things and more um, on this Thanksgiving week. So uh, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, support this podcast, and share these links. Have a nice day. So wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He didn't ask you about Christianity. He asked you about the existence of God or a God. And in his immediate response was to attack the Christian worldview so I, I just found that kind of funny i was like oh okay all right well yeah he's... yeah man yeah. these american atheists are broken <laughs> i mean in more way than one like they're they're yeah. they're yeah it's like yeah. why don't you believe in a god oh because jesus isn't blah, blah, blah. like no one said jesus like why are you thinking jesus oh well well because that's in america everyone's christian uh, really because yeah. you constantly try to quote tra- trash studies about how non-religious christianity is and, and how non-religious American, uh, American, ah, America is in an effort to say, like, see, we weren't founded on Christian values, blah, blah, blah. So it's like your straw men are catching up with you and burning all around you. So, so it's like they may right. think they have, like, one argument, but then if they make that argument and it goes unchecked, they think they've won something. But then when they go to a different category and make a different argument, like, it's, it shows their inconsistency, except you can never point that out to them. Well, one, because they're never going to admit it, but because, you know, it it takes a little bit of processing power. It's like, look, if you want to quote studies against, like, uh, if the conversation is like uh, how we were found on Christian values. No one says it's theocracy. No one says it's Christian nation, but it's indisputable. There were values that many of the deists and non-religious pulled straight out of the Bible. Um, But then if you want to say, well, now in 2023, that's not the case. And, you know, if Christianity was true, more people would uh, more people would be Christians. But, you know, Christianity is losing popularity as if like an argument to pop like ad populum makes it true. Um, But it's also like they're proving the Bible right without even knowing it. Like the Bible says many will fall away and narrow like straight and narrow is the path and few who find it. So it's like the more and more Christianity like loses its following, the more and more the Bible called that the Bible predicted that. But even if you were true. Uh, it, it was true, and you're saying what uh, America is less and less. Oh, Nate, we lost you.
someone was trying to call me, but it's like, um, they can wait. Uh, but the more and more people, um, where was I? Anyways, the more and more they say Christ, uh, America is leaving Christianity, um, and then they want to make that point, then they shift to a whole other category, like a different day, a different time, and talk yeah. about the other thing. And it's like, then when they talk about the other thing, they're like proven false on that. So it's like, well, which is it? You're like a living embodiment of a dichotomy. That was really convoluted. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on here. No, no, seriously. That, that's the problem with addressing some of these atheist arguments that we uh, encounter sometimes. Um, you know, the, the funny thing that makes me laugh, though, is by some of these atheists that we encounter, um, they always remind me of a uh, of a of an old 1970s movie trailer, you know, because they're gonna be the one man, the one man that will destroy Christianity single handedly. You know, they they that they they come to this to this uh, debate with such with that type of mentality. Um, at least some of them, not all of them, but you know, they they come up with this idea that. Uh, they have this one objection that's going to dominate Christianity and destroy it for good. And whenever I come across an individual like that, I, I just can't help but to smirk and, and chuckle. It's uncontrollable. It's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction because the arrogance from some of these people, you know, uh, at the same time, I kind of look at them as children, you know, people who have this mindset because they obviously are new to environments like this. I mean, if you think that you're going to be uh, the one person who's going to have one argument to dismantle Christianity, uh, then uh, get ready to be ridiculed and, and laughed at, even from people on both sides, because it's just, I mean, what are you going to bring new to the table? You know, so. <laughs> oh, I love it when there's like a new atheist, which, you know, never happens anymore. But, you know, whether yeah. it would be like a new atheist, they're like, so, so you're a Christian, are you? Like, uh, which, which version of the Bible do you read? Don't you know there are like 50 versions just in English alone? I'm like, they're called translations. They're all the same. Read them. Um, they're like, well, don't you know, you know, which denomination are you? There's like 50 million denominations. I'm like, ah, 90% of them believe in the fundamentals. The rest are heretics. What do you want? <laughs> yep. They've heard it, heard it a thousand times. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's hilarious. I swear I'm going to make – I keep talking about all these skit ideas that I want to do. I really want to do a skit, and that's one of them. <laughs> you, the you can do that like, a, like in real life or on your uh, comics, like with yeah. animation. Oh, well, I'll probably do like a video and uh, find a couple of actors to volunteer to <laughs> – Oh, that would be hilarious. In a world played with Christianity, one man stands alone. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure something out. Oh, that that would be great. I'd I'd love to to give ideas. Just have like the, the most like crazy like lefty blue haired like you know that type of person be the atheist. <laughs> Maybe like a woman with a beard or something like that. <laughs> you know, to be inclusive. Not totally not to make fun of them. To be inclusive. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god, <laughs> man! What, what's the name of that? We song? were Megan Rapinoe. Huh? Megan, her name is Re Megan Rapinoe. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she could be the star. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe in 
the last reprobate. <laughs> no, no, I'll figure something out. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday yeah, our, our, our community, we're, we have this like hot tub and pool area in our like community we live in. So we're up there hanging out. And these, these people were sitting around like we, we just met them. Like uh, they, we, they just came in from like Chicago or New Jersey or somewhere like that. And uh, we were talking and they were like talking, someone was talking about like conservative stuff, like how, uh, you know, like Target and stuff was going crazy with like Satanism and promoting this stuff in their clothes, clothes and things like that. And these other people are like, yeah, we've kind of seen that too and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, so I wasn't sure like if they were like kind of, you know, because they were like up north and like probably a very liberal area. So I wasn't sure where they stood. And this other person is like hardcore conservative, like, like more than even we would be like, you know, we, we probably feel that way, but we wouldn't be so outspoken. Um, they don't care. They have no filter. So um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this and this, and you know, like they're saying men could have babies or men could have babies and all this, like, you know, men could get periods. Blah, 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 blah. And they were just like saying all the like red meat talking points. And these people kind of looked like they didn't know how to respond. And um, they said something I'm like, no, no, it's not in a bad way. It's like, it's like, you're not being, oh, I'm like, if you don't like that, you're, you're just not being inclusive enough. That's what he means. Like it's something like that. I don't know. They, they spit out their drinks in the hot tub. It was gross, but funny. There is no point for that. There is absolutely no point. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it made me laugh. Well, I, uh, oh, yeah, oh, oh! I know, I know. I do know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. oh sorry. The, the bigger conversation that actually matters was um, apparently lots of uh, county libraries. I, I guess it goes county by county. Um, so like your county library, most of them, I guess, in the country are members of the American Library Association. A ALA, I guess. Um, I think that's what it's called, Americanist Library Association. Anyway, so these are the ones responsible um, for teaching parents, like uh, apparently how to, uh, or teaching uh, other libraries that they, they're associated with, how to promote drag queen story time, how to like get it in the library, how to kind of hide it from parents, um, how to hide like genderqueer and like all, all these like, you know, LGBTPS uh, books from, um, from the parents but make them like findable by kids and like basically anyways so like the most recent paper the leader of this um association came out with was how to queer your library and apparently they're like a self-proclaimed marxist and they're a lesbian and you know just all of it and that that's where i said like oh no no it's fine it's to be inclusive but anyways so i i just learned that the county um i'm gonna say near or around me uh just had a small victory the uh, there's a conservative movement to get rid of that association from the county library and they were successful so uh, apparently one of the people who had a hand in that uh was was there speaking and they were saying that and they're like yeah when i got up in front of like the board or who, the commissioner whoever it was and they started reading uh what they wrote there's like yeah every hand but one who's like in a very very lefty type liberal area like every hand but one went up and w they immediately got rid of that so I'm like great so not only do we, you know, save the next generation from indoctrination and LGBTPS uh, stuff, but, um, you know, we'll also save some money. Oh, and he's AFK. What's up, Saint? What do you think? Okay, about I just got back. Sorry about that. Oh. Okay. How you doing, Saint? I don't Saint? know how much. Oh, sorry, huh? good, good morning. Uh, have you heard? Any good, like when Jesus was on the cross and he was like, 
Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Do you think uh, in that time period, those people entered heaven? Or what do you believe, Father, forgive them? They know not what they do, men. Well, we can't say they totally entered heaven and were forgiven of all their sins. But, I mean, it's totally plausible that Jesus was specifically forgiving that sin right there of them murdering him. But uh, to try to say that means, like, he forgave every sin they've ever committed. Because, you know, murdering Jesus, as bad as that is, it's still only one sin. Imagine how many other times they've told lies, stole, like, you know, known to do good and not done it, which is a sin, like, in their lives. So, I mean, even if Jesus forgives them for that one specific sin of murdering him, um, they've still got a lifetime of sin. So I don't believe for a second that he was forgiving them completely, just like all the followers of Jesus who, you know, repent, believe the gospel, and become his disciples, um, and are forgiven and given eternal life. I don't believe it's like that at all. Uh, but yeah, when he says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, he, he gives us the detail. Like, what don't they know they're doing? Murdering the Messiah, murdering the Christ. Um, they totally knew when they were telling lies. They totally knew, like, you know, a lifetime of other sin they have. So no, I, I, they could not enter heaven by that statement. But they could be forgiven of that one sin. What do you think, Beckel? You know, that's a good question. Um, I've never really considered it, um, but I totally agree with everything you said. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Saint, back to you. Yeah, I was just, I haven't been able to find much information. I guess there's not much on it. That is the most, most, uh, what do you call it? The popular view on it that they forgave him just for that sin, but I don't. What good do, would that do? Well, it's one sin better. I mean, I guess one is better than none. <laughs> I mean, unless they unless they saw that and repent, then it doesn't matter. If they see that and repent, then maybe they're like, I don't know, suicidal because they're like, oh no, I realized this was the Christ. Like, oh, what have I done? Ah! And instead of being plagued by a life of guilt, like for the ones who finally came around, like the Roman centurion, who's like, truly, this was the son of God. Um, then they could be like, you know, for the ones who repented and recognized what they did, they wouldn't have a lifetime of guilt thinking, oh, no, I killed him. Ah, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I can't be forgiven. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Remember, Jesus forgive you, forgave you of that specifically. So, yes, I saw the light. I repented. And I don't have to bear a lifetime of guilt because Jesus already forgave me. As I was murdering him. But he still forgave me. Yeah, I often inquired too, like, what would I, me personally, not not everyone else who professed to be a Christian, just me, what would I be like if I was walking, if I lived during the time of Christ? And I hear all these stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear all these stories about this guy walking around healing people. Well, I wasn't there. So, and then when I finally do see him, he's claiming all the attributes of one that is God. What's the first thing that's going to come to my mind? I'm like, this dude is a heretic. This dude is think he thinks he's God. Oh, he turned water into wine. Well, we've seen the the Pharisees. Uh, we we see Pharaoh's uh, magicians do similar tricks. You know, we've seen other ma magicians. You know, oh, he walked on water. How do I know nothing? You know, how do I know? I wasn't there. I didn't see him walk on water. You know. I mean, it'd have to be the same answer as today, right? Like, no one comes unless the spirit draws slash drags, Chris, you, 
but uh, oh, I would say like oh, you know so you're no going there. so you're going there. <laughs> so, so, so no matter uh, yeah so no matter how far fetched it may seem or whatever like one thing we need to address before anything else is we would never would have been confronted with that uh, because we're trying to like look like in our modern times like you know we're familiar with our own life and how it's been lived at this point so imagine ourselves back there like before we talk about like how we would deal with Jesus or any of this like. We would all be dead. We would have been crucified or like murdered or like starved to death or be like, what? There's no air condition. There's no electricity. So <laughs> we, we would have never made it to that point if we would have somehow magically been born there and had no yeah, knowledge no of our current life. Yeah, yeah. No internet. Ah, I can't live in a world like this. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> if, if um, we magically were born there without any knowledge of our modern conveniences, then, yeah, I mean, it would, it would have to be the same answer because, you know, it's. it's Equally but oppositely, a lot of professing, well, just non-Christians today, like any religion or whatever, they don't believe because they say, well, you know, I can't believe because all these people, if your Bible is true, um, these people saw miracles. They saw Jesus in front of them. If that happened today, so it's like the inverse argument. So the point is we're all in the same boat. No one comes unless the Spirit draws. So, so whether it seems like it's much easier to believe in one area or much harder to believe in another circumstance, uh, the answer is still the same. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. If I mean, my parents would have been made, if my parents would have raised me Christian, then I'd be easier to believe. Have you met every <laughs> atheist ever? That's not the case. Um, it seems like every or, atheist was raised in a Christian household with like overbearing religious zealots. So if I was just raised in an atheist household, then maybe I'd be a Christian because I would have been free to choose. No, you wouldn't. Yep. It's the other God. thing you could no say. What, it's God. The other thing you could say is, uh, oh, so you haven't met the people in John chapter 6, verse 66, then. I gotcha. Okay. Wait, John 666? Are you saying 666? <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby. Well, go, ahead and, uh, go ahead and say it. It sounds like you have it memorized. Yeah, it's basically it's, uh, many of many that followed Jesus walked away from him and followed him no more. Wait a minute. But these are the same people that were following him, and they saw the miracles he performed, and yet they still didn't believe. They saw what he did. So, Veckel, do, do, uh, do you enjoy our new uh, Calvinist overlord, Nate? <laughs> Yeah, I was just getting ready to roll out my mat. Dude, I go back. <laughs> I go back and forth in how to handle Chris's slanderous accusations, but I think I'll just embrace it. I, I oh my gosh, you think I will? Oh, I, I'm going to corrupt every Calvinist, you know, for the good. I think I'll just make sure, man. He says I'm a Calvinist. I mean, you know, what was it? Jesus in the pilot? Oh my gosh, another story. I am not comparing myself to Jesus, but there is a parallel. Like you know, when, when my pilot's like. Are you the king of the Jews? And he's like, you say I am, uh, the implication. <laughs> so so yesterday, uh, my wife was like, we, we're getting like an argument at like this committee I'm in for, for my community. And um, we were getting an argument because she thought one thing and I thought the other. And I'm like, well, why don't you just join the committee and share it? And uh, I'm like, dude, you're the only one who's giving me like a hard time over this. And I'm like, man, I get what Jesus says. Like no prophet is welcome in his own hometown. Um, she's like, oh, now you think you're Jesus? You think you're a prophet? Now you think you're a prophet? I'm like, bro, take the parallel. The parallel is, look, I had an idea. You're the one who's like closest to me in my life, yet you're the one giving me the hardest time. No, I am not a prophet. There are no prophets like that. Uh, I'm like, there are. I'm not a prophet, but I am on a committee, and you're giving me a hard time. So the parallel stands. 
Uh, anyways, crap, what was I actually saying? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm a Calvinist. I'm totally a Calvinist. But anytime someone asks me a question where there's like a Calvinist or non-Calvinist answer, I'm just going to give, you know, my answer. Um, but yes, I guess I'm a Calvinist because he says I am. So, uh, you know, repent and totally choose to follow Not God. Not that it matters, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, biggest takeaway, right? Like someone was asking, first of all, like in a Discord, uh, someone asking a Discord, uh, they're like, um, I'm sure everyone's aware of the giant fight that happened this weekend. I'm like, I barely am. Uh, and then they're like, how do we resolve this? Can anyone be unified? I'm like, yes. I, I mean, I didn't answer, but I'm thinking in my head, yes. The, the only answer that there's ever been to, to, quote, unify is just to make peace that you disagree with each other because it's not a salvation issue. And if someone says it is, then just Amen. don't talk to that person because they're like legit dividing the body of Christ. But if, uh, you know, Calvinists and Arminians, you know, you think God chose you, you think you chose God, whatever, whatever. If it's if no one's pronouncing heresy on someone, then just the way to have peace with that person is what I try to do and just not deal with it, not address the issue. And, uh, you know, throw out compatibilism anytime like someone gets too loud. Just make compatibilism, make compatibilism, compatibilism. And then just let it die down. I have a couple before we get too far away. I have some questions for you, uh, Steph. Based on what you said, I thought um, I was going to be like, wow, Steph, are you a KJV onlyist now because of what you wrote or the meme you posted? But then I saw you're being accused of atheism, uh, being a cause of atheist, luring the body of Christ away. So forget KJV only, Steph. Are you an atheist or which? Welcome, by the way. Happy Monday. Did you say witch? <laughs> yeah, what? she weighs as much as a duck. Closet atheist is the question on the table. She's not answering, so, um, you know, I guess, so we'll go I guess we're not speaking for you, but your silence is deafening. Okay, well, I maybe it's too early for you to speak. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think she is a secret closet atheist saboteur. Well, it's right, Monday, well, and it's jump in where you can talk. Finished. Maybe she's getting what is going on in the chat? Who who's got kicked out of what? Are we talking about a room? Or are we talking about uh, Discord again? What? Is, is, are, I think there's more people mod abusing in your Discord that you don't know about, Nate. I don't think there's been any activity over there. It's all taking place on like uh, different servers that are not mine. Which again is why I'm in the dark. Yeah, it was a clubhouse room last night. Got it. Oh, it was a clubhouse room. So who is Lynn? I don't know any. I don't know Lynn. I don't know anyone. Back if they don't regular, if they don't regularly come here, I don't know them. Oh, Vickles on the phone. Oh well. Yeah, well, yeah, Vickles off the phone now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Somebody wanted to ask me a question. So, Do you know Lynn? Oh, uh, Lynn. Who's Lynn? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I don't even know what you guys. Are Wait, were you about telling me Discord? about Lynn? Wait, you were telling me about is that the, was it Lynn or Lee or someone you were telling me like there was a, no, it was you, Chris. Were you saying there's a Calvinist lady named Lynn that stays in somewhere else and everyone hates her because she's like super Lee. Calvinist? Oh, I know Lee. Yeah. yeah. I don't. A dear <laughs> to a bunch of us. Oh. Yeah. She seems cool to me. Lee. If I've I never remember. met her. Yeah. Oh, L. We're talking about crazy, like mentally ill L. Okay, I'm with you. Who's Guess that? what? It's also someone I have no idea who is. Can we? Okay. She's a. I she's just need a to leave. Completely nutbag nar apologist. Like she loves. Like so what? What would a normal person say about her? Like she's a little charismatic, or would they agree with you? No, they'd agree with me. Most people agree with me that she's a nutball. <laughs> okay. Well, so, sorry if I've got any of you. If, if we, I've got any of you people wrong. I don't know any of you. So. <clears throat> 
Uh, Saint, did you have anything else? <laughs> no one agrees with me. No, I can name at least five people by name that agree with me and are like, she is mentally unstable. How can you type but not talk? Is it just very loud where you are? She probably has a crying baby or she probably has a yeah, probably. meeting. Or, you know, it might be the first day of some pagan ritual day. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> all we deal with in these rooms. I mean, don't let a crying baby stop you. All we deal with in these rooms is crying babies. <laughs> just kidding. It's just in, pagan, in pagan days, you can only uh, type. Okay. <laughs> she can't use vowels during pagan holidays. <laughs> Steph, why are you an atheist saboteur? The group of people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just getting kind of tired of it. No, the group of people who hold to this is like growing. I can't keep track of who actually believes this, and it's like a new person every two or three weeks. So whatever. <laughs> What people accusing you of, of being an atheist or something? Yeah, they, they say that I'm pretending to be a Christian and that I'm actually practicing witchcraft and deceiving and dividing the body of Christ. And, and is this you like know, a, laugh, this sounds like but, a Stephen this sounds like a Stephen Anderson ite. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, this is there's, there's five people that I know who believe this. So are they Christians or atheists? Uh, well, Dark Dawkins is one, and then. Oh. <laughs> But wait, this is going back a long time, right? Like, I imagine you haven't recently had it. Yes, with this is old. But then one person heard this and latched onto it and has been recruiting other people to believe it. And so he, he was like the number two. But I would say that the four of them are Christians. So what, what is the thing like uh, Jesus says? He says, like, no one can say Jesus is Lord, uh, like, unless and, and like unless they're like legit, right? No. Not not like just like an atheist be like oh Jesus Lord see I'm a Christian but like no one can like sincerely say it yeah what what is that like no one can sincerely say it what what exactly is the phrase it's First John no one no one who says uh, Jesus no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit anyone who denies that Jesus is Lord is, does not have the Holy Spirit confess Steph put this to bed confess it's a bad, it's a bad paraphrase but that's that's bad. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I am not an atheist. I am a fully saved Christian with limited doctrinal understanding who's probably wrong a lot. And I like people. That's my, those are my crimes. Sounds good. You're good people. Thank you. Except anyway, I if you would like to join the group with the pitchforks, <laughs> uh, they are over in another room usually, so you could go and... Uh, you know, join the anti-Steph club. Yeah, we were in a room yesterday that wasn't about Calvinism at all, and I was asked a question, and I answered a question, and then someone came on the stage and was like, you're deceptive, you're on a crusade, I don't even, you're unrepentant. Like, oh, Of what? Oh, like, you need something to so, repent of, right? So I asked him what I was unrepentant about, and then he gave me a, first he gave me the answer about the Darth Dawkins rumor, and there's actually a recording of this event. So the reason that they say I'm an atheist is because I didn't protect a Christian from atheists because he, he was being incredibly rude to Haiti and Tom. And oh then, yeah, so he was being incredibly rude to Haiti and Tom. And then I let them respond and I, I didn't say anything. 
And so then there's later, he asked me why I didn't say anything. And so there's a recording of that entire event. Anyone can go and listen to it. And so that's why this person is mad. So the the person is different who came in yesterday and said, Steph is, an, you know, is a deceiver. And I said, well, what are you upset with me about? And he cited that event. And I said, did you listen to the recording? And he said, no. And then he said something about Pastor Sam. And then he mentioned a couple other people. And I was like, okay, what are you upset at me about? And I, I never really got an answer. So I'm just bad. What, what do you do? Like, whatever. I just want to nothing. Sleep. Just like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Can't do nothing. Yeah. It's like, all right. Well, I guess if you somehow make it to heaven, you'll have to deal with my existence there, too. You know, with regards to uh, Darth Dawkins, you know, because I used to be called one of his puppets and stuff by atheists. Uh, but then um, he said a couple things that I, I said, listen, for the for my for my sake, at least, because I like to listen and learn through these conversations that you have with some of these atheists. And I feel that you don't give them enough opportunity to, uh, you know, even the sincere ones, you know, because sometimes people don't understand certain terms that you use. And when they, when they ask you what that means, you think that they're trolling. I said, see, that's bad for me because I'm behind the scenes as a third person, third party, listening. And I'm like, okay, what does that term mean? I'm asking the same question that the atheist is asked, or at least some of the ones that he's having conversations with. But I get frustrated when he cuts him off and starts accusing him of trolling. And then when I try to address it to him, he thinks that I'm taking their side, you know, um, or, or even just me being yes. in the presence of atheists. Very similar you know, situation. Why yeah. are you? Well, like one time he accused me of just getting being buddy buddy with them because I was in a room with them when I was defending him. I was defending Darth Dawkins, right? But because I was honest about one thing that I said about Darth Dawkins, he then just went off on me and started accusing me of being. Uh, buddy buddy with this like this was the question what did the atheists ask me hey how many times have you heard uh darth dawkins preach the gospel and i thought about it and i says well if i'm going to be honest uh i probably uh, all the years i've known i probably heard him only maybe say it twice and that that got him pissed off at me i said well i'm being honest i said most of the time i hear you in you know philosophical discussions about you know logic and you know, presuppositional apologetics, which I admire, but I don't hear the gospel very, very often preached from him. I'm not saying that he never did. I'm just saying that I only heard it maybe once or twice, and he got mad at me for that. Well, so, hey, Michael, uh, um, so, so we don't become the thing God. we're so we don't become the thing we're accusing others of. Um, can, can you give our daily dose of gospel? Because uh, yeah, since there's not as many new people coming through who ask that question, like, what is Christianity actually about? the uh, amount of gospel sharing we do here <laughs> is, has been few and yeah. far between. Would you mind giving yeah. it real fast for the people maybe listening? There's actually quite a few people who are listening. Yeah, sure. Uh, the gospel, according to the scriptures, is that man and sin have inherited a, a fallen nature, which means that there's nothing innate, innate in us that is good enough for God's grace. So we have to get that by the only way is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate. And it's through him and him alone, not of not of our works, that we have that we will attain eternal life. So if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and believe that he is the risen Lord, uh, then you will be saved. So it's not of works, it's not of being Jesus's cousin, it's only through the finished work and imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ that we are saved. 
Well, thank you, Jekyll. Yeah. And that was the gospel as presented by a Calvinist. Do the Arminians agree? Yeah. Beautifully done. See? Calvinism, Arminianism. Problem solved. The gospel is good. Everyone get along. <laughs> Yay. Now it's going to die. Now this harmony will last for like 30 minutes. I mean, oh, we all pretty fair, much get along. The, the issue with the witch thing I don't think is related to Calvinism. I think uh, the issue with the witch thing is maybe we've been joking about it for so long that people are, are then taking it literally. Well, except we joke about it because she lives right next to a coven. And like her family is like involved with a coven. So it's like, I'm not I mean, involved. well, no, but I mean, you know, you're like very close, close to it. Like geographically. And uh, like it's, it's just the story writes itself. You are not helping my case. Listen. Oh, I mean, not, not a witch. Never mind. <laughs> the jokes, the jokes write themselves at least. <laughs> The event with the witch thing actually predates the witch joke in here. So that is that is from before that. So that, that evolved on its own. That was strictly a um, an invention of Darth Dawkins that caught on. So then so then how do we square the circle about uh, cherry worshipping Baal? Oh boy. Is that, we're not we we're not. You're, don't do that. Don't do that. Chris. Oh. That has a lot more validity than No, I think both of those things are equally incredibly invalid, wild accusations. <laughs> I think that Calvinist men enjoy calling non-Calvinist women witches. That's what those two situations share. It's because they don't like the matriarchy or something. I don't know. I guess not. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the patriarchy. I love well, I the support- patriarchy. I support the matriarchy. I am a third wave feminist to my core, just so we're clear on that. Obviously, by my past behavior. Well, I mean, clearly, you you also had the second wave going in there with Catherine McKinnon and and all um, relations being great. So, you know. Yeah, that sounds legit. I'll take that, too. I'm like the least feminist person that's ever existed. In the, in the terms of, like, you know, for me, whatever. We don't have to go into that. It's just a silly, like, this is silly. Did you see the Peppa Pig feminism meme I put in the Discord stuff? Yes, I laughed. <laughs> you sent that to me. It was amazing. <laughs> it turns uh, turns a cute little Peppa Pig into, like, what was it, like, Bebop or Rock Study? Like, like the pig thing from Ninja Turtles? Like, with a big mohawk and all, like, butch? For those who can't visualize? Hundred percent, so good. Yeah, I don't like feminists. Oh, we were talking today. There's actually a debate. <laughs> so, okay, there's a term, and I'm gonna throw it out there, but I'll explain it. It's called theonomy. Okay, it just means like God, the economy of God, or how God does civil law, right? And so, there's a bunch of weird theonomists out there, but one of the debates within theonomy is whether or not women should have the right to vote. And there's legit, there's like legit people that like debate that idea. Oh yeah, this has been a thing on Clubhouse. So before I came to Christian Clubhouse, I was in conservative Clubhouse and there were many people who argued that case. That women should not vote. I, my thoughts are when you vote, it's it's pretty much implied, like I, I believe like, you know, the idea of voting is to put 
black and white, like rules and, and things like that governance on paper, which is a very unemotional process. So when it's a better, better, very like intellectual, logical, like, you know, let's just uh -huh. do this. Matter of fact, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let's like think through this and very unemotionally do this. So when emotions, I'm not going just where you think I'm going. I'm going close, but not all the way, Steph. Give me a minute. So when you get people um, who bring emotions into it and are emotional voters and they don't understand the facts and they don't logically process it because they're overcome with emotion and cannot curtail it. So they put things on the books of law um, that will have very big ramifications based on their feelings. So once they find out their feelings, oh, crap, oops, shouldn't have done that. It's very difficult to change a law. Um, so I can't say that that is a reason women should not vote. That is a reason people who cannot control their emotions and have heightened emotional senses when they're voting perhaps should not vote. So that means all the emotional, like, you know, men out there too. But if we just want to go like, you know, sciency, I believe science would say there would be more women affected by that than men, but there would still be plenty of emotional men and there would be plenty of women who uh, are not plagued by that who could vote just fine. So it's not male and female. It's emotion, it, it, people who can check their emotions versus people who are ruled by them. But number for number, I believe there will be more men in the let's vote category and less women. But there will be plenty of men in the no, you should not vote either category. How how did I do? Am I like almost ready to be pitchforked, but just not quite? Or like the tines are about to poke into me, but not quite breaking the skin? No, I mean, I think... <clears throat> I, think I, I should delete and run. The, I think you're pointing out that the argument is inconsistent because being female is not the underlying... Like, you know, there are plenty of women who have control of their emotions and plenty of men who don't like i think that's what you're pointing out that but is. i think the bigger yes i got that the bigger danger is that i don't think we should be saying who should or shouldn't vote like people have died for the right uh for an idiot's right to vote like i well, yo, yeah, there... on things that i'm wildly uneducated on we all do so you you get yeah don't restrict voting it's a bad idea historically it's not doesn't usually work out yeah, so there, there's that, like, overarching thing. So, like, you know, in a perfect world, who, if Nate had to, gun to my head, had to choose the type of people that could vote, that would be how I would go. But overall, yeah, you know, this is our country. This is how it is. People Wait, die. men or unemotional? Unemotional. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, in a, in a complete dictator, well, I guess it wouldn't matter. But, you know, in a complete perfect, totally free society world um, <laughs> where who just magically voted well, it would, you know, I, I would prefer people only vote the the way I want to vote every single time. <laughs> but we don't live in Nate's fairy tale land. Yeah, exactly. So wait, so so should felons, convicted felons, have the right to vote? Yeah, uh, I know that they don't, and I feel like they should. They can get that right back though, but you have to. Well, okay, so I don't know state by state, uh, but but I know. Um, because I have some friends who are felons. <laughs> um, and it didn't seem, uh, okay, so maybe, I don't think it should be hard. Um, but if you do your time, then you shouldn't be penalized from participating in society. Um, so if you do your, do your time, do your crime, whatever, and you're a free person again, then you should regain your rights. You're still a citizen of the country. Uh, but anyway, so like one felon friend I, I know, uh, they said like, you know, after, after they were no longer incarcerated, 
they basically like petitioned someone and said they wanted to get their rights back and they got them. So now they can vote. Um, so it didn't seem like it was a hard process. It just seemed like they had to be proactive and take a step that it wasn't a given. It wasn't a freebie. Um, so, I mean, the arguments against that would be if you're a felon, if you're convicted, if you've been in the system, presumably, or, you know, some of those people could be jaded and just like kind of vote um, in every wrong way to screw the country because they don't care. Um, and, and they want to see it fail because they just have a chip on their shoulder now. Like, I was punished. Yeah. But if that's a legitimate option on the ballot, then plenty of people may feel that way regardless of if they have a felony or not. So uh, unless someone can come up with a better reason, yeah, I think felons like should be able to to vote after they've done their time and they're no longer incarcerated. Um, change my mind. It's one of those things. So I think the only people who should be allowed to vote are Christian male landowners. Those are the three things that you get to vote. Christian (laughs) male landowner. No, like in a proper government, I think that Christian male landowner, that is the only, those are the, those are the, 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 and no mortgage, by the way, you have to own your land outright. Except I, I disagree with that because there's a loophole right there. Like, yeah, what does that mean to be a landowner? And then, like, you could be like, oh, well, you know, marijuana is not technically illegal. You just have to have a federal government stamp for it. Oh, but they don't issue those. So they could be like, oh, well, yeah, all you have to do is be a landowner, but we're not letting anyone own land. <laughs> it's like you just need a stamp saying you can own your land, but we're no longer issuing those. So three people are landowners. Three people vote. I, I just. How about how about Christian? Let's start with that. Only well, sure, Christians in a per- get the right to vote. Well, sure. I mean, a perfect world, except then what's what's a Christian? Like a Christian Wiccan? Is that a Christian? Like what? who decides what Christian is? I decide what Christian is. How about that? Uh, uh, you know, I'm com- if you're comfortable being with me being your uh, clubhouse overlord, I'm comfortable with you being the uh, who is a Christian overlord, because, you know, at least so far I make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> right? I make the cut, right? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys all make the cut. Yeah. Does Steph make the cut? It depends Whew. on the day. Your leniency is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she thinks she can lose her salvation and regain it, so it's up to her. She could be a Christian one day and not the next. <laughs> okay, let's all keep being friends. So, uh, <laughs> the, the only the only other topics I have are political. If someone has some Jesus topics, please let us know. But the political ones I had are now that the J6 tapes are fully released, like uh, apparently they're not all actually out because, you know, there's like 44,000 hours, but the okay has been given. So like in a couple of weeks, they will all be out right now. There's like what, half of it, like 20 something hours. Um, or, or no, no, uh, 200 hours. Okay. I don't remember the hours, but there's a crap ton. But anyways, so like half of it's out now and it's already showing it. People have already gone through and like pointed out the highlights like just showing how like the J6 committee had access to all this stuff and how like they're recommending like criminal prosecution now because of such like all all the stuff they did, like they knew they're basically sending innocent people to prison and all this other stuff. Anyway. So like all the narrative of like insurrection, it's complete bull. It's showing like how so many of the people who were like arrested in handcuffs, they later took them to the side. Once I guess, you know, the people in handcuffs are like, no, no, I'm undercover. I'm undercover. So it shows the cops taking them to the side hallway and like, you know, they, they presumably like show their badge and stuff like that. And um, then they take them out of handcuffs. And so it's like all the protesters, all the people, all these insurrectionists, half of them were freaking feds. The other half were undercover DC cops. 
And then there's like a small, small minority of someone who like pooped on Pelosi's desk and took her laptop. So it, this is just falling apart. The other one is a lot of the people, Vecchio and I were talking earlier before we really get started, about how people want to talk about genocide and all this other stuff, like, you know, the good moral atheists without the belief in a god or gods, want to talk about like, oh, genocide in the Bible, and God says, kill your people, kill all these people. That's infanticide, that's genocide. But then these are also many of the same type of people who are supporting actual, legit 2023 genocide um, in the Gaza-Israel conflict. Not to mention the ones that TikTok had to remove the hashtag because it was getting so out of control about bin Laden's letter to America. Because now they're like going back and like justifying bin Laden's uh, you know, letter to America saying how the 9-11 was justified and all this other stuff. So anyways, those are the totally not hot topic issues I have. Choose one of those or uh, you know, something holy. Steph is on the phone, so I'm going to say that uh, Steph was one of those people making TikToks about how Bin Laden was right. <laughs> Steph, speak in three seconds if you want to defend yourself. Yes. Otherwise, you're complicit. Three, two, oh. one. <laughs> Dang, Steph. I heard that. You know you on an iPhone, you can ignore a call and still hear the room, right? Oh, yeah. Wait, can you also take a call? Because I can take a call and still hear the room, too, while I'm on the call. No, I can't do that. Oh, I can, but it's super annoying, so that's why I usually leave the room, because it's it's too much. It's overload. So, Steph, so, is your baby crying because you support Bin Laden? <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful talking about certain political issues on certain platforms, because you never know. You might get booted out the room. Do it, Clubhouse. They've already done it once. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put the Discord link up there so people can... Oh, wow, like half the people just left. Want to see me do a magic trick? Let me talk about some political stuff. Half the room will vanish. Great. <laughs> well, Veckel, I heard that you're not a real Christian and that... Hey, Adam, what's up, Adam? How are you doing? Are you speaking? Adam? Oh, no, Adam, we don't hear you. Um, okay, can you, can you guys hear me? We hear you. We don't hear Adam. Adam has to leave or come back or something. But we hear you now, Vickle. Yeah, wait, Chris, <laughs> you went silent right before, right uh, after you said uh, you heard that somebody said I was a, a Christian. <laughs> Chris, you still there? I'm back. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could you uh, repeat what you said earlier? Oh, I, I think said, you missed anything. I said I. Uh, I said I heard that Veckel is uh, both not a Christian and a race traitor for his uh, political <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> I'll second that. Well, well, the ra <laughs> the race traitor I've heard a thousand times, uh, and as far as not a true Christian, yeah, I've heard that a couple of times. Usually from Armenians, but um, I don't know. I don't know who's who's saying that recently, but <laughs> yeah, I, I love the race trading part. Uh, that's that's actually I prefer to be called that far more than being a non-Christian, to be honest, because it's more fun. Yeah, the uncle the Uncle Tom stuff cracks me up. That's like. That's the that's maybe the most insane contention. 
Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize how, how inherently racist it is. Not because when you call me an overtime, you're basically bringing a, a a stereotype of an entire group of people. And so wait, weren't you talking I about like that, the history of the Uncle Tom guy before? Like, was it you who was like saying like who who Uncle Tom really was? Yeah, was and what well, he yeah, was like someone who freed the slaves and stuff, right, or something like that. He had yeah. a part in that. Yeah, the character Uncle Tom is based off of a real person named Josiah Henson who is actually an inspiration to, well, anybody who wants to follow, you know, the history of, you know, black people and stuff. And uh, you see that he, you know, he grew up in poverty. I think uh, he taught himself how to read and he became a very well-established person. Uh, uh, I don't know all the details, but uh, he wrote a book, I think, uh, or he had memoirs and stuff. Somebody wrote, somebody dictated what, you know, stuff that he wanted them to put down and and uh you know he was a he was a you know self-made person you know and he helped slaves as well um so and he was a, he was a believer uh the character uncle tom was was also a believer which is one of the reasons why he's so mentioned so popularly mentioned because in chapter 28 he had this his third slave master named sinclair st Clair who was very lazy with his with his uh so with his um slaves he let them run away he didn't go after them you know he he was also a drunkard as well and in chapter 28 there's a a scene where St. Clair gives Uncle Tom the opportunity to leave he says if you want to leave go be with your family you know go on ahead but then Uncle Tom turns it down and says no I'm going to stay here with you he said because your soul is in trouble and St. Clair says, to him, what, do you, what do you mean my soul is in trouble? And uh, Uncle Tom just flat out tells him, so, well, I'm not going to stay here until I see that you get saved, that you, that you come to know Jesus Christ. So right there, that's where everybody gets this idea. They exclude that, that whole part about him wanting to get, uh, wanting his master to get right with God. And they just look at it as if, uh, oh, he just loves some white folks so much that he would gave up his own freedom, gave up his own opportunity to be with his own family because he loved white man so much. And even, you know, people read the book, they'll see that that's not the case at all. It's actually, he gave up his freedom in order to stay with his master so that his master could get saved. That, that was the reason. And uh, anybody who's a Christian would commend that and say, wow, that's awesome. I don't know if I could do that, but that's awesome. You know, but, you got people who are just ignorant of, of uh, certain books uh, and history who just, you know, they just go with the narrative. So so I'm at the point now where I just says, hey, you want to call me an Uncle Tom? Thank you. Appreciate it. But I know why you call me an Uncle Tom. And that's actually an insult to you as well uh, as a black person. And, you know, and if, a, if a black person is uh, joining hands with a white person, who calls a black person an Uncle Tom, then that black person should be ashamed of themselves because when somebody calls you an Uncle Tom outside the context of the book, they're saying that all black people have to act this way. All black people have to look a certain way, act a certain way, think a certain way, be a, you know, have a political mindset. You know, we're, we're not monolithic, just like every other group. So, you know, 
So I don't have a problem with it anymore, to be honest with you. Now, uh, yeah, as far as the, you know, I don't want to go too too much into the other thing. Uh, you know, not not being a real Christian, I I just laugh at humans when they say that to me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a real Christian. Oh, okay. By what standard? Oh, you're not an art. Uh, you 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 don't believe in free will. Uh, you, uh, you don't believe in speaking in tongues. Uh, you don't believe in a uh, pre-trib rapture. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, give me a break. Come on now. Oh, you're hanging out with atheists uh, in this room, even though you're defending me. You're, you're not a real Christian. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't buy it. I, I don't. It doesn't get to me. Uh, Felix, if you see on the bottom right, there's I think like a little hand icon. If you press that. Or I could just do this, actually. Hold on. Invite to speak. There you go. Yeah. Hello. Uh, what, good points, Feckle. It's all around. Yeah, praise God. Hi, how you guys doing? What's up? I was just, um, I was going to chime in, but for specific points, I just, I thought it would probably be easier. I didn't know. I don't. This is my first time. I don't know the actual, like, clubhouse etiquettes or anything like that, but there are yeah. none. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, you guys, you guys go ahead. Um, I was just gonna chime in. I'm kind of multitasking. Um, yeah. I work from home, so. What What were you gonna chime in on? What What point? Uh, um, well, I was talking about like, um, it was more so uh, Chris's statement. So I, I was curious to know if he was being sarcastic, joking, or if he was actually like slightly in that mindset of things. I, I mean, I little, I don't, I don't know him. Um, but I was just curious about his perspective about what he <laughs> yes, was. Yes, Chris, explain yourself. I'll get the popcorn. I'm going to say he's totally <laughs> serious. Yeah. So, so in one sense, I am serious. In another sense, I'm joking. So we live in a political society where none of this is ever going to happen. Like, you know, we're not going to live in a theonomic, you know, type society. It's just not a thing. Um, right. We have way too many secular people running the government. We're not going to have a Christian, you know, government. Like, that's just not, not going to be a thing. Now, in, you know, quote unquote, you know, Christian society, I think that, you know, limiting the right to vote to Christian, like specifically evangelical, biblical Christian. Um, so that means no Catholics, no Eastern Orthodox, uh, you know, all of that, um, specifically Christian have the right to vote. Um, I could be persuaded either way in terms of women's suffrage, but certainly, you know, male and landowner right to vote because people who don't own land, um, they don't really have a stake, um, in what's going on. And, and then you get things like robbing the, the treasury to pay off people to vote a certain way um which is so see felix it's just safer to assume he's kidding and live in blissful ignorance <laughs> <laughs> well okay so like uh, looking at the element of the uh, owning land right so that from my perspective that's more like 
I feel like that would be like like sure that's relevant for before, but nowadays like it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have stakes if you don't own land. If you have digital property or if you have uh, an enterprise or something that's not actually tangible, but it still has an impact, you know, like it's it's not like for me, I think that idea of owning land doesn't hold relevance today because we have other means of having stakes into making decision making. Well, that's a great point. So so, yeah, I would, you know, again, all these all these ideas are debatable and, and they're kind of academic, right? Cause we're never going to get there. So, you know, it's just sort of an academic point, but like the, the reason for the land ownership idea is not so much the land in and of itself. It's the fact that somebody has produced enough um, economic gain to own a tangible asset uh, like a home or, you know, like your business owning the land. Um, I, and so I would not have the right to vote in my own system because I still have a mortgage on my house. Now I'll have it paid off in a few years. Um, but I think that the point here in terms of land ownership is like millions of apartment dwellers in New York city, um, that don't have a stake in say, you know, creating real estate policy for landowners. Uh, they do things like rent control and they do all of the other outrageous things that make it much more difficult for people to, um, you know, and, and again, Steph is more of the expert on this in terms of real estate. Right. They lean into the convenience of having people more so get the renting up and then kind of making it more inconvenient to actually buy houses, which is kind of why we're in the situation now where you have this tendency of companies buying houses and renting them instead of putting them on the market. Um, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And so I think that, I think that like limiting corporate um, home ownership would be a thing, um, for instance. So, for instance, it's like um, corporations would only be able to hold, you know, X number of homes per, you know, X number of employees of the corporation, you know, or so you know, in this, so in this virtual, happen. in this virtual or hypothetical world, what about people who would like, be an extremist, right? They're like all about making money. They have that Warren Buffett mindset where they're just like, save as much as possible, make as much capital as possible, where they're like, okay, I'm not going to own much of anything, but I'm going to have a whole company, right? Like they live out of like a tiny house or like a, a bus renovated as like a little home, but they own a huge company. Buy an acre of land and put your tiny home on it. Problem solved. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't I mean, agree with the, I don't agree with Chris's system. I'm just trying to exploit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like I'm just saying, there's gonna be there's gonna be flaws in all of this stuff. I think that I, I guess that that the onus for the land ownership in again our theonomic the world would be um, the fact that uh, people have to be producers either of the land or producers of a business or you know employees in good standing, you know, being productive members of society as opposed to um, the, the flip of that, which is where you right. I guess, I guess where I was coming from is why I was saying is like, why not people who have, um, like non tangible entities that would be considered as having stakes in there is because the land ownership thing is not scalable. Um, if you get to an issue where you have like a, a flourishing nation, say for example, because it's under the Christian nation and all that stuff, things are done accordingly in a way that's actually healthy and expanding the nation and things like that. 
you would start to come across the issue probably around overpopulation. And then it's just like, okay, you have like a, like a centimeter of land and that's all that it acquires. Or, I mean, even, even after that fact, you keep scaling and then it's just like, no one, not everyone can have land. And it's not about whether a person has the funds or not. It's now about the fact of someone who was like trying to, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like the scale, there's, yeah, there's a scale issue. It, it may not be scalable, but the other thing is that the other limiting factor is they've got to be a biblical Christian. So, I, right, mean, you yeah. know, I mean, it wouldn't matter if you own land or not, if you're not a biblical Christian. So like, you know, if, if you're, if you're not evangelical and you're not a, you know, local church member um, of some local church, then it doesn't matter if you own land or not, you know, at that point. Um, right. I'm just saying, like, Limiting voting to a smaller group of people who are going to be by and they're still sinners, but they're going to be by and large more righteous, by and large interested in the things of God, by and large interested in, you know, growing small business and, you know, yeah, so families and things like that. I I don't think that's from the from the Christian perspective. I still don't think it's healthy. Um, not, not to say, I think it would be a bad thing. I would just think it's not healthy in terms of what we're called to do. Right. So the Amish people, they were like, you know what? This world sucks. We're going to go over here and we're going to do our own thing. That would virtually be what the Christian nation would be because it's not necessarily going out into the world. They were just like, we're just going to carve our little space over here and be here. And I understand that viewpoint because even for myself, it's just like, it's exhausting. This world's exhausting. And it's just like to have to deal with all this stuff that just seems like wackadoo and like unnecessary. It's really exhausting. You're just like, I just want to center myself, refocus, and then do what I need to do. But it's just like, I feel like that is a dangerous thing to kind of follow the way. Like if every Christian was just following the way of the Amish, it's just like, you're not going out in the world. You're not reaching anyone. And it's like, if you try. That's why I need prayer for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, the Amish and it, and it, are certainly a special case because the Amish also are not Christian. So yeah, I, I mean, I, but do you get you get what I'm saying. I was using them as a, yeah. as like a, yeah. an example. But okay, what the heck is that? If you watch enough documentaries on this, most dude, I live with that. Chris, is there the anyone outside of Calvinism that you think is a Christian? Just, you for just, now, just you for now. Depends on the day. Okay. Um, Depends so, on how you check it. I, I have a I have a slightly different viewpoint on who's regarded as Christian and non-Christian. Um, mainly, okay. So just to give context, because I know certain my, so, some of my words are about to be assumed of like my perception of things, but it's more so just for like a a, a trying of a collective subjectivity. I mean, a, a collective subjectivity to emulate objectivity, but it's not necessarily going to be that. Um, you have people who are in the Protestant faith, right? And I think everyone is mingled with certain people and a varying group of people within that with that within that sector who in your heart you might be like this person might not genuinely be Christian. Even one of the the uh the people who follow Jesus just because they're amongst that group doesn't necessarily or inherently mean they are. But I also do have instances I do believe not saying I'm not saying it's like a, a 50-50 on every single playing field. I would feel more so like from my perspective, you'd have probably like 80% of Protestants are actually Christian, or probably like 
10% of uh, Catholics are actually genuine biblical Christians. That's where I'm coming from. It's more of like, just because of your denomination doesn't necessarily mean that you are or are not Christian. It's more about your day-to-day walk and what how you actually live your life. Because say, for example, a person does follow the call. They do the thing that Jesus called them to do. They're not necessarily doing the things that are um, against what scripture says, but they call themselves this because of uh, because of ignorance sake. They don't have, they're like, say for example, like they're in their, they're in their teens or in their twenties and they're under the influence of the people around them who are probably Catholic or whatever that. So they go by that, that um, description is Catholic and they might not have that wide world exposure to say, okay, I can discern myself apart from these groups of people. It's more so that the individual person is saying I'm Catholic because that's all I know, but their actual life practices is a biblical one not participating in certain things that most Catholics would participate in. Um, and I say that for a varying group of <coughs> a varying group of um, denominations. Like I was baptized in 2017, 2016, I didn't even know what denominations were, right? Like it I was kind of like taken back because I had gone to I had gone to my college and I was kind of just like, okay, uh found a christian group on campus and they were ecumenical and i was like what is that and they're like well we're a different varying group of denominations and i was like what is a denomination um and they were like well people have different interpretation and i was like but it's one bible right i was I, for me it was like i was a little lost in the beginning but i started to realize okay i need to educate myself more um to understand it but beforehand like if people were to ask what I was, I wouldn't have an answer for them. I didn't, I didn't have that exposure until I met different varying groups of people that led me to further my understanding of things to diversify where I stand. Sure. That's understood. I mean, I think you're being very generous. I think that, uh, out of all <laughs> evangelical church membership, um, maybe 10% are actual Christians. Like I have a very negative view as to who's actually a Christian that are running around in evangelical churches. What? Uh, you? Same thing with me. Uh, what, me? Yeah. So, same thing with Roman Catholics. I, I think there are absolutely real Christians who attend Roman Catholic churches. Uh, no, you don't. I, <laughs> yes, I do. I think it's rare. I think that, you know, I grew up as a Roman Catholic, and I very rarely, but did on occasion looking back on it, meet people who are genuinely Christian, but I think that that number is vanishingly small. Um, now, again, I think people running around in actual biblical churches, that number is vanishingly small as well. I think that when right. Jesus said the road is narrow, like he meant it. It wasn't like there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people. I, I, I think topsies, you know, just looking at, at uh, the surveys that I see, of the state of theology and the Barna survey of Christian worldview, I would say that there's not more than probably a million Christians in the United States. I don't, I don't think there's much more than that. I, I mean, given all the surveys that I've seen, all the statistics that I've seen, I think that true biblical Christians with a true biblical worldview who really follow Jesus is probably a million or less in the entire United States. 
Yeah, not the Amish, not a million or less. No, none of the Methodists. I was a Baptist for 20 years. 90% of the Baptists are out. What are you talking about? What, what, are the <laughs> what, 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 uh, what theological position do the, do the Amish uh, hold? I am glad They're you're not the one pronouncing it. righteousness, Chris. <laughs> so, so the, so the problem for the Amish is that they do everything in Pennsylvania. I, I, now, again, I'm getting this from watching a couple of documentaries about evangelizing the Amish. Um, and so these are former people who are Amish who became Christians and then looked around and no one, A, no one read the Bible ever because the only access you had to the scripture was um, in their, whatever they call their services. Um, and then it's read in Pennsylvania Dutch, which very few except very old people even understand. Um and so when you go to read it, there's pronunciation guides that are in the scriptures that they read for those certain days. Um, oh, and wow. so it just became, so it started off as a very strong Christian movement. Um, it came from Zwingli. Um, and so it was, it was a, a very, very strong Anabaptist Christian movement that was always Trinitarian, had right doctrine, but over the centuries, um, the, the problems that crept in were that basically no one knew what the faith taught anymore because no one spoke the language and there's all these these all these traditions growing up around it. Um, and so missionaries to their own people, like Amish people to Amish people, um, they will tell you all these things. I'll, I'll see if I can find the, a link to the first documentary I saw, which was shocking and enlightening. Yes. So... If you find someone who's ex-Amish, it means they've been shunned by the church. And so you have to be careful about what you're taking from them. And second of all, if you see an Amish person appear on camera, they're not going to be a true representation of Amish culture because the Amish don't appear on camera. And then the only... Like vampires. Uh, yes, just like vampires. Uh, so the uh, the old order Amish will do all their services in Pennsylvania Dutch, but they have access to English Bibles as well. They all carry them around. Right, and and again, the the missionaries that I've been talking or not talking to, but the, watching their documentaries, they'll say all the same things that Steph just said. Those are all just cope because, again, you know. Like, they had never heard the gospel, like, ever in their Amish community up until they were, like, 40 years old. And somebody so, else, one of the, what they call the English, had told them the gospel, and they were quite shocked. They called them Englishers. Um, so the Amish in my community actually evangelize. They know the gospel. They're Trinitarian, and they believe in the gospel of Christ. Most of them do tend to forsake the Great Commission. Uh, so that seems to be the biggest problem in their theology, but they are biblical, God-fearing, Trinitarian Christians. Calvinists just don't like Anabaptists. So, some of them. And again, it has nothing to do with Calvinists. I mean, like, these are these people are all Arminians. Like, they're not Calvinists. They're not Calvinists that are running around trying to, to get Amish people to be Calvinists. They're just are, they're Arminian Christians. I'm saying you, as the Calvinist, you don't like Anabaptists. You don't like them. But I am an Anabaptist. So there's certain stripes, there's certain stripes of Anabaptism, again, so like, 
We use words, they mean things. So Anabaptists can mean a whole range of people. Um, there are the good Anabaptists of which I am the spiritual descendant of, um, which came from the Baptists and the Methodists and some of these other folks. Um, you know, those are fine. Those, those Anabaptists are fine. There's the entire other stripe of Anabaptists, which are Unitarian terrorists, basically, that uh, raped and murdered their way through Europe um, right after the Protestant Reformation. So those people, bad Anabaptists, and that was most of the Anabaptists um, in Europe at the time. Um, and those are not the... But when we say Anabaptist, we're not referring to those people anymore because people don't know that history. And so what, what I would say is that um, there are good Anabaptists, like Zwingli was an Anabaptist. Um, he was a reformer. He was awesome. He was a theologian. Um, I disagree with Zwingli on a few things, but he was an Anabaptist. None of the other reformers had a problem with Zwingli and his Anabaptism. What they had a problem with was his view on the Lord's Supper, but you know, they didn't anathematize him for it. So everybody stuck together in terms of being Protestant. Um, but there were certain groups of radical Anabaptists that were literally writing letter campaigns to the Muslims to come and cleanse Christian Europe of all of the Christians because they had more in common with violent Muslims. Sorry, I missed a little bit, and you were talking about violent Muslims. Um, can you give me like a, a quick recap so I can have context? Like, right, so, I know, so I know it's a, we, probably a lot. No, it's fine. When we, I'll, I'll condense it. When we use the word Anabaptist, it can mean a whole range of things. Um, there are good Anabaptists from which the Amish come from. Um, they came from Zwingli specifically. Um, and those people are fine. Like, I mean, like those types of Anabaptists, I would be one of those. I do not believe in pedo-baptism. I believe in credo-baptism. Um, LBC 1689 Baptists would be credo-baptists. They would be considered Anabaptists. Um, but there was a whole nother, when most people, when you're reading doctrine or you're reading books from Reformed people back in the, the 15, 16, and 1700s, right? So we're talking the the 18th, 17th, and 16th centuries, when you read, when they're talking about Anabaptists, they're not talking about, like, your average, you know, Baptist church down the street that believes in credo-baptism. They're talking about a strain of people who were Unitarians who were terrorists. They were literal terrorists that um, raped and murdered their way through Europe, and they wrote letters to the Muslims to help invade Europe um, to cleanse Europe of Christians. There was a whole bunch of those people running around that were quote-unquote Anabaptists. Okay. So my my thought to, to everyone or, or to you um, is when you when you come across when you come across a an Amish person, no previous encounter, all you have is your your potential Sherlock Holmes abilities to look at them and what they're wearing and then make a judgment call. Um, do you, do you have presumptions that you enact or you just have passively in the back of your mind or are you letting them reveal who they are and what they believe? Because my thought process is, I don't even think 
Amish people have as much extensive knowledge about the different varying Amish's Amish groups as you have explained in this in this call. Um, I feel like a lot of them are just like, this is just my daily life. Um, which kind of goes back to my mindset of like, I, okay, so I was uh, in childhood, right? Like, I think it was like preschool, elementary school. Like, I was put through like Catholic Sunday school, but I didn't know the difference. And going, growing up, I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't even remember anything. Right. It was just it was a blank. But where, where I'm getting at is there are different people who don't know where they fall under. And the best thing they have is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Now, they may not read the Bible, but God is very much real and he is able to reach with his spirit. If there's two or more, like not, not saying that he's limited, but I'm saying like. If you have at least like it's not like they're void of a Bible, it's it's just more so probably like the majority don't read their Bible. But if you have a person in their in their community who is reading the Bible, who is following the way of what scripture calls us to follow, I mean, which would probably call them to leave the, the community unless they're evangelizing to the community in turn, because that's what they know and that's what they're familiar with. Then it's just like I feel like there needs to be more openness to not accepting them as Christian, but more to, to, to openness, to understand who is this person I'm talking with. Like, can I, can I uh, respond? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I agree with Chris. Um, I think temporally speaking, we can make certain judgments uh, regarding uh, where this person, depending on how they live as, as well as their confession, you know, uh, okay, like if a person says that they're Christian, but yet they say things that are clearly contrary to the word of God uh, and all the, the tenets thereof, we could say, eh, well, you know, this person's living right, but they don't believe in the things that are in Scripture. So right, they don't have the fruit be, of the Spirit. Right, it could be, uh, well, I, I would even take it a step further. So maybe they are displaying what we see in Galatians 5, 22, you know, but their theology is 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 awkward is you know is aberrant at, at the very at the very least so we could at least say okay tempora temporally speaking uh they're they're in error they're in heresy you know so they shouldn't take a place in a position in their local church as a pastor or some uh, bishop deacon whatever they shouldn't have any type of authoritative position in the in that in the congregation because that theology is awkward, but that's separate from their actual salvific status with God. So, so they could be just out of plain ignorance or they could be a wolf in sheep's clothing, but only God. Right. I'm, I'm only just defending the stance of like yeah. ignorance. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's out of ignorance, yeah, I mean, we, we can't really, so, I mean, from there, it's kind of like a Romans 14 issue, whether or not you want to continue to fellowship with this person who outright, uh, like, for example, I can hang out with a Catholic or whatever, uh, but as far as praying over a meal with them, I might have some, uh, I, I might have some hesitation, you know, uh, I did that with a Jehovah's Witness once. Uh, I don't believe Jehovah's Witnesses are Christian, but um, then, you know, most of them are really nice people and I'll, I'll sup with them and, and everything, but 
you know, when it comes time to say grace over a meal, um, yeah, I just like, well, you know, I, I'll compromise and say, let's bow our heads in silence. So you pray to your JW God and I'll pray to the biblical God, you know, and then we'll go back to eating and stuff and maybe, you know, minister uh, onto them during the time kind of meal. But yeah, go ahead. I'm kind of curious as to why you say you won't pray over meals with with a different denominator. Like, okay, where so scripture talks about praying for non-believers, pr- like praying for their salvation and things like that, or um, praying for those who persecute us or hate us. So why would you not pray? Like if if it was like if it was in the midst of like allowing them to yeah. pray over the meal, yeah. but it's like if you're the one who is actually doing the prayer. Why yeah, would you I not? I was going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If if um if it's a situation where they say, hey, Rebecca, would you like to pray for the meal? I say, oh, absolutely. But if the J Dub I'm having a meal with says, hey, I'm I'm going to pray over the meal, um, then I would interrupt and say, uh, yeah, yeah you know, that that's okay. I, I've actually done that once, uh, and I was, you know, nobody wanted to argue with me, uh. And but I, I assume that they probably thought I was being kind of rude, even though that wasn't my intention. It's solely a Romans 14 issue. But I did say, uh, if you don't mind, uh, you know, I'd rather we just, uh, you know, pray silently, I guess, you know. And they, you know, they, they're just like, uh, okay, fine. And uh, thankfully, you know, the guy had a good sense of humor about it because later after we were continuing to eat, he asked me, hey, why did you want to do it that way? And I flat out told him, I says, well, you know, I, I think we have different beliefs on the nature of God and, and uh, I don't worship the God that you guys worship, you know, and everything was fine. You know, it was totally cordial and stuff, you know, but uh, yeah, that that's the way I look at it. It doesn't have to be, you know, I, I put the ball in the, in the other person's court, you know, 